On this week's podcast, actually delivered to you on time, as opposed to last week's podcast, I delve into a listener question for the very first time, and it takes us down an extremely, extremely strange path. Drew, you ready for this? I'm so ready for this. Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity. That stupidity including things like listing both of our last two episodes as episode number 13, which is like reverse trying to avoid bad luck. Yeah, that's that's definitely my bad on that on that one. Also, re- saying repeatedly last week that the last episode came out so quickly, so soon after the one before it because we had been away and recorded late later in the week and right. and then <laughs> through through sheer incompetence on our own part <laughs> yeah that's this this one's on me too uh it was also on me because <laughs> i originally forgot to give you all the all the description stuff which yeah. i usually do yeah so we ended up uh releasing two thursday podcasts uh which is not the plan going forward it's just, that's not the plan going forward. Not no. at all. No, not at all. The plan going forward is to continue what we've been doing. So would this make this one a, a bonus? This one feels like the bonus this one. This one feels like... We're just going to keep talking about the bonus one until one of these feels like the bonus one to y'all. Oh, I'm putting this up today. There's Ooh. there's no Ooh. there's no doubt about it. So it, it, this today is Monday, so Monday night. Today it's, it's gonna is... going to happen. Yeah, Monday night. It's going to happen. So it's going to download all your, all your podcatchers, for those of you who are subscribed to us. Straight into your ears. And then uh, on Tuesday morning, as I usually do, I will begin to promote the, the F out of it. Yeah, the heck. The, the crap. The, the turd straight out of... <laughs> I yep. <don't> know. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm everybody's least favorite, least favorite athletic writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined, as always, by my real-life brother. Drew Snavely. I ran a half marathon this weekend, and so I have no recollection of any events that happened yesterday, which is the day that I ran my half marathon, which is also Sunday, October 6th. So anything that happened on October 6th that is soccer-related, I have no idea what happened. That's mighty convenient. I, yeah, I, one of these time, one of these hours that passes by... <laughs> Here. You're, uh, you're gonna come to come to grips with what occurred, but oh yeah, I mean nothing occurred. Nothing I, occurred. I just I don't remember. So that's fine. Yeah, you remember the Bills winning though? Oh well, the Bills won. Yeah, my favorite football team, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. No other football teams. No other football teams. No other teams with the word football in their official title. That is that is correct. Drew likes. Yes, Drew. We've got a listener question. To our email account. Yes, we do. Which is which is exciting because it's the first time it's happened. Yes. The, it, was a, it was a really awesome first ever email. It was a good first the ever email. The bar is set very high. Uh, the Deadball Brothers, if if you want to email us, it's deadballpod at gmail.com. Our Gmail account got an email from one Julian Zeif. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Julian. I hope you pronounced it right. Zeif. Zeif. Because he took the time to... He did. But also his last name is spelled S-Z... 
Uh, when when it starts like that. E I F F. I think that's probably close. Julian Zeif. I don't think there is a lot of other options there. Yeah, I think I think you're pretty close. Julian Zeif emailed us and said, "Hey, Deadball Brothers." He he he, uh, he shortened it. Hey, DBBs. Ah, yes. Nice. We're like BBs. Ooh, hey, BB. Hey, BB. I was just thinking about this the other day. What's the biggest difference in point total from one season in the same league to the next with the same team? I was thinking about Leicester City going from almost being relegated to winning the Premier League. That's a notable one, but I'd be surprised if it's the biggest difference, point difference, the biggest point difference between back-to-back seasons for one team. Love the pod, you guys. Thanks for changing up the format to cut the current scores chat. I do think I like mentioning one or two current events for a few minutes is fun but and fine, but I like the new format. Thanks for your fun, dumb, funny, dumb chats, guys. Julian. Julian. Thank you, Julian. Thank you. Thank you for... There was so much good there. Yeah. There was a question. There was a, a compliment on the format change and, and some some feedback that occurs. It's, it's really nice. That's a, that's a good in, one. Incredibly nice of you to take the time to, to write about our incredibly stupid podcast. It's real, real dumb. Hopefully informative in some way, but real, real dumb. <laughs> But it did get me thinking, and I was like, that's actually a really interesting question of the biggest like back-to-back point difference for one team, either doing horribly and then doing really, really well, or doing super well and then just yeah. Manchester Uniting, Uniting okay. all over the place. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I guess I know what you're saying. I guess I know what you're saying. Um, so yeah, it got me looking into the question of who had the biggest point swing from year to year. And and I did quickly set like a couple of parameters when I started looking. Yeah. Um the point swing total just doesn't count if you're changing leagues. And he did say that too. It's easy to be like, oh like I am a team that won the championship and then I got promoted to the Premier League and subsequently came in last place. Yeah. Like that's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, going from like 80 points in championship to 15 in the Premier League. Yeah, it's a different league, so yeah. of course yeah. the, the points totals will, will be like a lot, wildly different yeah. kind of thing. I'm really happy that you looked into this, by the way. I wanted to say that. Oh, because well, thank you. I think you. Julian had a really great suggestion, <laughs> and if you didn't do this, then I might have. Uh, number two, I just decided to look in England, because that's where the like the original thing came from his original idea and there's so much soccer so many different places yeah that it's just like impossible like i i I was looking and i was like there's there's not really a good standardized database for that sort of thing at least not one that i know of if you know of one please feel free to send it to me because that would be great for research yeah um but I did think, without some sort of foolproof soccer database system or, or anything, I was digging around. So, Leicester's crazy season yeah. was... 2015? 2015-2016. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a 40-point difference. So, in 2014-2015, they finished in 14th place. And they finished with 41 points. Yes. The following season, they won the Premier League with 81 points. It's, it's quite the jump. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a big old jump all the way up there. I wonder if that will ever happen again. 
Maybe. Maybe, but I kind of doubt it. It just seems with uh, the, the current, um, just the sheer volume of money that is in the top sides now. Yeah, it's, uh, it makes it, I mean, and, th- and that money I mean, still existed when, when Lester, Lester did, did it. it. Yeah, definitely. But but it is it is significantly harder for something like that to happen. Yeah, I would say because of that money. Um, so forty points uh, immediately. I was like, well, the first thing that I think of when I think of like crazy point differentials is Bournemouth. Yes. And the Bournemouth story. Yeah. Because I, and and the Bournemouth story is is now more widely known because Bournemouth have been in the Premier League for. Several seasons under Eddie Howe now. Up the cherries, baby. Up, up the cherries. Um, but if you don't know, the, the, the TLDR version of the Bournemouth story, um, the team was nearly liquidated because they were so in debt. Um, they received a 17-point penalty in League Two and were told that if they were relegated that season, that they would be liquidated and the club would cease to exist. Yeah, that's rough. You don't want to hear that. Yes. Um, they succeeded in not being relegated with a 32-year-old Eddie Howe coaching the team. Um, and still, and even with that 17-point penalty, they managed to survive. And then the very next season, they were promoted straight to League the, One. Straight to the top. I mean, that... Makes sense that they got promoted. Mm-hmm. For, for a team to overcome a 17-point deficit sh- straight off the bat, I mean, you have to have a good a good side to do something like that. Yeah. So I, I was a little surprised because, I mean, like, they're a good team, obviously, to do something like that. Like, they were a decent team in their realm. Um, but I thought the point differential would have been more, because mostly because of that penalty. Um so, they didn't manage to equal Leicester's swing. Okay. They, they, they earned 46 points in 2008-2009, coming in 21st out okay. of 24 clubs. Yeah. yeah. And then the following season, they were promoted after finishing second with 83 points. So, that's a 37-point swing. So, Dang. Leicester got them by three points there. However, I did find, looking into that season... A different team in the same two seasons that Bournemouth first escaped relegation and then were promoted that also escaped relegation and then were promoted Okay, with a very, very high point swing, even higher than Bournemouth, higher than Leicester City. And I was surprised about it. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And I began to look into their season and what occurred, and I was like, "We got to do a story on this. Got to do a story. I got to. I got to do this. So it might not be. I don't know. I, I to answer your question, Julian. I don't know what the biggest point differential is. I just know that I found one that was bigger than Lester's, and it also came accompanied with a a, a completely insane story it, of the season that it occurred in. It's probably safe to say that it's one of the biggest point swings. Probably. Do you think? I would. I would say that's. I would say that's reasonable. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Especially uh, one of the biggest point swings in like a say like top four league in a country, like in the top four divisions. I'm sure that in like tiny, tiny semi pro leagues, there are bigger oh, point yeah. swings probably because yeah. 
the it doesn't exist almost. Um, yeah, it's like a Sunday night men's league. But I'm going to tell you a story based on that. I had a different story ready for this week, and I was kind of like, I'm going to save that, put that in the back pocket. Yeah, just tuck it, tuck it back there. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, yeah, and maybe the other story is like aging, like like a fine wine, like a like a. Like a good vintage uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, yeah. Sauvignon? Sauvignon? Sauvignon. I know wine. So I'm going to tell you a story about the oldest soccer club that exists today. Knott's County FC. Knott's County FC. Knott's County FC. Now, the title of oldest continuous football club is disputed by several soccer, rugby, and Aussie rules football clubs. Fun fact. That's not surprising. No, (laughs) not at all. Um, basically, Knott's maintains that they are the oldest football club formed under association football club rules. While there were a couple of other football clubs, um, most notably Sheffield FC and Cambridge, uh, that were formed playing a different version of soccer. Basically, it, it wasn't it wasn't the same. It wasn't the the lineage of the rules as they exist today, kind of thing. Um, Sheffield was playing something called Sheffield Rules. Similarly, Cambridge was playing something called Cambridge Rules. They were basically different sports or close enough to different sports that it's just like a a difference in yeah in in the continuous association football thing. Yeah. Um, regardless, Knotts is really friggin' old. They were informally formed in 1862, officially becoming a club in 1864. Now, what was happening in the world in 1862? Well, Stonewall Jackson was defeating Union forces in the Battle of Bull Run during the American Civil War. Jeez. Victor Hugo publishes Les Miserables, and Otto von Bismarck becomes the Prime Minister of Prussia, and Germany is not a unified nation yet. Les Mis is that old? Yeah. Wow. Okay, not the musical. Yeah, yeah. Because the musical was originally put on in West End in, like, the early 2000s. So the so Les Mis was originally a novel, a novel by Victor Hugo, oh. very famous French author. Well, it is entirely too long. It has far too many. It's honestly the Les Misérables, the the novel is more or less a love letter to uh, Paris's sewer systems. Gotcha. <laughs> There's so much detail about the sewers. So weird. Um, but yes. Now you know that. Yeah. And now no. you know that, listeners. Fun little facts. Fun little facts for yeah. you. Um, so yeah, while all that was happening, this is when Knott's County FC was formed. Wow. Which okay. is wild to think about. Yeah. I you mean, don't... Civil War is happening. Yeah. That's crazy. Here in the US. That was a long time ago. Yeah. For those of you who didn't know when the <laughs> US Civil War was. I'm assuming almost all of our listeners are American. I, it's like 95% yeah. American. I don't know. You, you're the one with the map of our, our listener our listenership. Yeah, we have a few people from Italy and uh, a couple here and there from like England or I guess the UK. Yeah. Um, Spain. It's like basically one from most countries. Okay. Yeah. Neato. Neato gang. Yeah, some people that just like accidentally stumbled onto our... Absolutely. Onto our site. So, Knott's County FC formed a really, really long time ago. After, notably, inspiring the black and white stripes of Juventus. Oh? The reason that Juventus has black and white stripes is because it's Knott's County FC. Wow. Because, um, basically, this is... I wrote an article about this. Fun facts. More like black-white stripe. (laughs) Yes. Because there, there are only two this Good year. Joke. Good joke, Drew. <laughs> Nicely done. 
Um, basically, Juventus started playing in pink jerseys. That was their first one. And they had it for several seasons. And they were super faded and splotchy. And they're like, we need, to, we, need to, we need new jerseys. We look like a bunch of scrubs out here. Yes. And England was the premier textile producing country in Europe. And they had an English player playing for them at the time who was like, oh, I'll send it to my guy. Legend has it that because the jerseys were so faded and blotchy, it looked like black and white to the guy that he sent it to. And he got them some repurposed Knott's County FC jerseys that were being made. What? And that's how Juventus got black and white stripes. That's crazy. That, that's the legend of that. That's wow. That's a very quick that's a very quick bonus tidbit. Yeah. That's pretty of this cool. Episode. Yeah. So Not Knott's County has been around the block. Um, they would go on to become one of the twelve original founding members of the football league and would bounce around the top few leagues for most of the next century. In eighteen ninety, they finished third in the top flight, their best finish. And we're playing top flight football as recently as 1991-1992, coached by Neil Warnock. Uh, <laughs> Neil! Neil, everybody's favorite goblin manager. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> uh, they were back down in League Two by the time uh, the late aughts rolled around. So like 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, and they weren't very good, which is... Where our story well and truly begins. In the 2008-2009 League Two season, the one where Bournemouth famously escapes relegation, Notts County finished just one point above Bournemouth with 47 points. It wasn't very good, obviously. Yeah. Um, And especially considering Bournemouth had that massive point penalty. Bournemouth actually finished with like the 11th best goal differential in the league that year. Yeah. They had a positive goal differential of plus eight. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Knott's County's goal differential was like negative 22. Dang. And they finished one goal above Bournemouth. Wow. Very, uh, one point above Bournemouth. One point, yes. One point, sorry. So Knott's County fans who at the point, at this point in time, owned the club. They were owned by like a fan majority share trust Love kind that. of thing, Love which it. a lot of the lower league teams have that yeah. in place. Um, they wanted to see more out of their team, as the, perhaps their board did and, and the board of the trust and all that stuff. Who doesn't want to see more out of their team? Obviously. Enter Russell King. Russell King was a corpulent businessman from the island of Jersey, United Kingdom. Did you know that there was an island named Jersey in the United Kingdom? No. That's when you New said Jersey, Jersey my first... Thought was America? Thought was America. But it makes sense. Yep. New There's, Jersey. There has to be an New old Jersey. New York. Yeah. yeah. So Old Jersey is an island in the UK. Yeah. Fun facts. Is there a Hampshire in England? I'm sure there is. Is there a... I don't I can't think I'm, of any I'm, other news. I'm sure in general there is. <laughs> there, there would be. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> he came to the club with a proposition. Allow... Munto Finance, a group owned by an investment firm called Cadback Investments, which I, it's spelled Q-A-D-B-A-K. So Cadback, sure, why not? Yeah, let's go with that. To purchase the club. Cadback Investments was purportedly run by rich Middle Eastern families, and Russell King himself claimed to have connections with the incredibly wealthy royal family of Bahrain. The proposition was intriguing. This is like... This is 2009, like summer of 2009. So we are only a year removed from Sheikh Mansour 
purchasing Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so this is this is all this is kind of like where the Middle Eastern money rush for a lot of these clubs has started. This is the 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 impetus of that time. Yeah. Uh, so King pitched an idea for a new kind of project, taking a club with deep history from League Two all the way to the Premier League, which Notts County never played in. That's like um, everybody, every uh, football manager's dream. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. You start with uh, a League Two side with a really long and rich history uh-huh. and take them straight to the Premier League, straight baby. Straight to the top, baby. <laughs> now, the Notts County board and the fan trust really liked what they heard and agreed to allow Munto Finance and Kodbach Investments to purchase the club. Kodbach installed two representative members on the Notts board, Peter and Nathan Willett, and Russell King remained as kind of an informal advisor and consultant. He was just there. Almost immediately, Knott's County began making big moves. Big, big moves. Big time. Most notably, at the behest of King, the club lured in Svenjorn Eriksson to be director of football. I don't know who that is. Svenjorn Eriksson was former manager of England, the Ivory Coast. He was the manager of Lazio when they were super good. Um, a, a really big manager at the time. So I guess you could say he's pretty famous. Yes. And I should probably know who he is. You probably should. We Sven actually Yard talked Erickson. about him in a previous podcast, the one about the Irreducibili and Lazio. He was in that? He was the coach. Because he was, in, uh, he was the coach when they were so good. I mean, as like a very small, very yeah. small bit. It wasn't, yeah. You know? It was mostly about the crime. I mean, if you're, yeah, I guess it's still on me. <laughs> So, the club also splashed cash around for some new players, including Sol Campbell and Casper Schmeichel. Nice. Who they managed to lure to League Two, Knott's County FC. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was playing in League Two so recently. So, Sol Campbell, this was the end of his career. It was more towards the beginning of Casper Schmeichel's career. They bought him for Manchester City. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I was just figuring Casper Schmeichel has some connections. So, Indeed. I figured that he would just automatically be with a bigger yeah, side a, because yeah. of his privilege. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because of... Uh, check your privilege, bro. I mean... <laughs> I, mean it's, I mean, it's fair. His dad was the, the one of the best goalkeepers ever. Yeah. So, uh, they even rolled out a new crest for the club that they would use for the, the 2009-2010 season. Everything seemed to be indicating a fresh start, all in all. In October... The Football League officially accepted the ownership change, declaring the new ownership group fit and proper persons. They were also satisfied that Russell King was not a part of the actual ownership group, but was a consultant hired by the club, which was important because Russell King in 1991 had been arrested and fined for like a small time fraud kind of thing. And so they weren't like super hype on Richard King, uh, uh, Russell King. But trying to like, keep their hands clean. Yeah, absolutely. However, there was still an air of mystery around the ownership group, mostly because no one knew who they actually were or where the money was coming from. As always, we're taking a little break in the middle of our story. I guess it's not as always. It's as as of a couple episodes ago. 
As a few episodes ago, we decided to start taking breaks in the middle of the stories. Keep them, uh, keep them a little, a little short, a little sweet, little, just, just a, a little, a break, almost like a little caramel in the middle of the meal. Oh, or a caramel like right in the middle of yeah. a chocolate, yeah, a chocolate bar. I yeah. don't know, <laughs> kind of sultry. <laughs> kind but of, anyways, uh, a little salty, a little sweet. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. The perfect amount of caramel in the middle of the yes. chocolate. This is the sweet to the salt. That's what this is. That's, that's exactly what this is. That's not what this is at all. We just wanted to give you guys a little update on a couple things. Absolutely. Uh, WTFPL, WTFPL is still hype. going on. We are still very tight. Uh, Noah Baker's Dunkin' Donuts is still setting the pace for the rest of the league at yep. 491 points. But Will's team from oh. William Paragoy. Paragoy. Okay. Uh, he had a big week and is now less than 20 points behind Ooh. Noah, who has held down that top spot for a very long time. For a very long time, I yeah. wish I knew how many weeks it was, but it's not. It's been several weeks now. We both had very, very terrible weeks. Drew, let me tell you about how I had the worst week ever. Tell us. I thought to myself, you know what? Wolves haven't been very good. Which As, they haven't been. No, they, they've been, they haven't. They've been quite bad. They let Chelsea score five goals on them. And if Chelsea scored five goals on them, Manchester City, by transitive property... Obviously should be able to score tons of goals on them. Yes. I also knew that Raheem Sterling scored in the midweek and came off the bench, which indicates that he is in a good run of form. And also, he will probably start the game against Wolves because he didn't start the game in the midweek. You and millions of other people, myself included... Also, kind of had that train of thought because I captained him. So I said, obviously, I captained Raheem Sterling. And then I said, you know what? Wait a second. <laughs> I'm so far behind. You know what? You know what's a big brain play here? Hitting that triple captain. So the captain, what the big brain was captaining uh, Sterling, but then the galaxy, the galaxy brain, brain was, was the triple captain. Triple captain Sterling. And, uh, um, and I got a solid six points out of it. Because Manchester City lost two nothing to Wolves, scored zero goals. Uh, so uh, actually, by transfer uh, property, Chelsea should beat Man City seven nil next time they play. Shouts out to Chelsea. Christian Pulisic got an assist. Yes, yes, he did. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. You have a review for us. I do have a review for us. It's from not 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 Charles. Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Charles. I wonder Not if it's Charles? Super, I, wonder if, I wonder if it's super fan how Charles. Many, how many knots is in there? One, two, three, four. Four, four knots. So it is Charles. So it is Charles. Yeah, okay. It's double, double negative. Yeah. Salute. Five stars. Five stars. If you want a podcast that works hard enough to research interesting historical stories and present them in an amusing way, but doesn't remember to look up how to pronounce the name of the main city in one of their stories, then Deadball Pod is right for you. <laughs> Deep encyclopedic knowledge on a matter without bothering to remember to look up something basic happens to be my specialty. Show is great and informative for everyone from soccer nerds to history geeks. Mm. Let's, uh, I... It's clear the elephant in the room on that one. I want to take the mic for this because this is my fault. It is your fault. I told a story last week Mm -hmm. about... I, I said Torquay United the entire time. But as it turns out, it is actually pronounced Torquay United. Mm-hmm. And 
So if you can just go back and listen Torquee to that. Or Torquee or something. Uh, if yeah. you go back and listen to it and just replace in your mind all the times I said Torque with Torquee, that would be great. Yeah, we're really killing it. Or as, or as long as you just know that it's actually Torquay United yeah. and not Torquay. Yeah. Um, and it's the, the city of Torquay. It's not Torquay. It's a big whoopsies from it, us. Yeah, yeah. It's Apologies a, to all the people listening from it's the It's a little embarrassing. Torquay. It's a little embarrassing, but I, um, I think that my self-image, the, the bar for it is so low that it doesn't bother me that much. Deadball Brothers, uh, blind confidence through self-deprecation. <laughs> That's what we're bringing to the table. Thank you, Charles, so much for giving us that review. Thank you, Charles. And for continuing to listen to us even when I'm an extreme idiot. It's right in the logo. <laughs> it's right in the logo. We promise nothing but stupidity and idiocy. <laughs> Adam, do you want to finish Let's get back up? to that story. Play right. that sweet, sweet music. It'll slap so hard. Yeah. Knots. Let's talk about knots, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half what? of this story, people. We're so glad that you stuck around and are still listening. <laughs> you really, really needed to get that joke in. I, I mean, I guess. I wasn't even going to say it, but I was just telling Adam that I was upset that I missed the not, not, not not Charles review that we literally just read mm-hmm. in that last segment uh-huh. segment is knots plural. Yes. And we're talking about knots united. Yep. Knots yeah. Is it knots united? Oh knots knots county. county FC. Yep. And so um he said, I'm not mad at you for missing that joke because it's so bad. But here we are and I just explained a joke without even telling it. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that I should stop talking and you should finish this story for absolutely us. <laughs> so people were unsure about this ownership group mostly because no one knew who they were and nobody knew where the money came from there was some rumors that they were qatari there was rumors that they were from bahrain which is where uh russell king had claimed to have connections and all that stuff um and at one point russell king had um brought a like somebody who he claimed it was a prince, and they met with supporters and all that stuff when he was first negotiating the sale of the club. Um, Russell King but was really the visible figure here. He managed money for the Bahraini royal family in addition to having a, a Swiss-based firm. Uh, uh, gotta love the Swiss. Swiss-based firms. <laughs> worth billions of dollars. But no one really knew where the supposed Middle Eastern family was located that owned this club. The Football League grew suspicious again only like a month later. Uh, As the ownership structure that was presented to them was so confusing and so many parties were like not wanting to be revealed that they couldn't be sure who actually owned the club. Ah, okay. So this is heavily reported by Matt Scott of The Guardian. Um, Doubts have also emerged about the terms of the £5 million guarantee of funds that Munta Finance produced that persuaded the Knotts County Supporters Trust to sign over control of the club for a nominal consideration of £1. £1? They paid £1 for the club. What? And basically told them, 
we will immediately inject five million pounds straight towards the club. Well, this doesn't seem fishy at all. <laughs> Not at all. No. Uh, seems like good business. <laughs> that just seems like the right decision to make. <laughs> Scott also reported on First London, a financial firm that Kodbach had its English-based holdings in. First London had assets for Munto Finance listed at 180 million pounds. But it was revealed that of physical cash, there only existed about 18,000 pounds in the bank, while there were while there were 1.3 million in undrawable assets, air quotes included. Undrawable assets. Yep. What the heck does that even mm-hmm. Are you getting to that? Or are you um, Maybe. Meanwhile, Russell King was in North Korea. Okay. <laughs> Why was he in North Korea? Oh, yeah. This is where <laughs> this story gets real weird. Meeting with uh, one... Are we okay to talk about North Korea on this podcast? Oh, we're going to talk about North Korea on this podcast. I just feel like we might get assassinated. Well, I seriously doubt. If we, get an assa- if we get assassinated because of this podcast by North Koreans... I would honestly kind of feel proud of it. It would like, be a badge of honor. Yeah. It would be a badge of honor for like, sure. wow. Look yeah. at what we did. Yeah. Now, King brought... It's not really about North Korea. It's just the North Koreans are not the main figures here. Okay. King brought Svenjorn Eriksson along with him to Pyongyang to negotiate the rights to North Korea's coal, iron, and gold production and sales. King offered up billion-dollar shares in Swiss Commodity Holding, his Swiss company, Backed by Bahraini money. North Korea agreed. And King completed the deal worth, by his estimation, around $2 trillion in assets. What the heck? However, <laughs> yeah, what the heck? What the heck is the correct answer for all of this All of this story? Back in Knott's County, it was clear that something wasn't right. Sol Campbell had abandoned the team and walked away from a very lucrative contract that was promised to him. He only played for about a month. Uh, head coach Hans Baca, who had been hired by Eriksson to manage the club and stated the desire to take the club all the way to League One that year, resigned after two months, just nine games in charge. And, as Svenjorn Eriksson himself so eloquently put it, I started to have doubts when they came and told me the milk bill had not been paid. The milk bill? The milk bill. What What team has a milk bill? I mean, the the bill for, like, the milk for their, like, the, the food. For their cattle. They're serving. Oh, my God. Cattle don't drink milk. True. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> they drink water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Munto Investments sold the club in December to board chairman Peter Tremblay for the exact amount they had initially paid for the club. One pound. One pound. All right. After they left, the club discovered they were seven million pounds in debt. Oh wow! Oh wow! Who saw that coming? Crazy how that happened. That's weird. But they weren't the only ones in debt, because soon First London, the financial firm that Codback Investments had all their stuff in, also went into administration to the tune of nearly nine million pounds of debt. It's not good. And there was a very simple answer for why all this happened. Russell King had just lied about absolutely everything, and everyone just believed him. What the heck? Every single thing that Russell King said was just a complete lie. Did he actually go to North Korea? He actually went to North Korea. Okay. 
and actually negotiated that that rights thing. So, King had claimed to have been managing Bahraini money, which helped lend him credibility when negotiating the sale of Knott's County, as well as backing for the shares, company shares, in uh, Swiss commodity holding he gave to North Korea in order to obtain the rights for their natural resources and transfer them to Swiss commodity holding. That was a lie. He had no money from Bahrain, as the royal family would publicly state eventually. Absolutely. They said, was he friends with them? He was said he- maybe he has met some of us, but he does not speak for us and he does not manage any of our money. What the heck? <laughs> King also claimed that the North Korean assets was what were, were what was going to fuel the Knott's County push. This was also a lie, as the North Koreans obviously never received any money following their transaction with King, and no money ever reached Knott's County, also because that's just not how, like, assets work. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. King had done this by schmoozing with reputable people, like Erickson, some politicians, and uh, actually a former spy master named Sir John Walker. Nice. Sounds like a spy name. Yes. Uh, and basically getting them to buy into his stuff, into Swiss commodity holding, into Knott's County FC, into First London, which he had managed to become the owner of more than half of by the time this all was down. People just bought what he was selling, and more people bought what he was selling after he brought people into his web king fled the country when all this stuff was going on and actually lived in bahrain for quite some time oh um he really liked that place he really really was down for bahrain (laughs) he denied any involvement in the actual ownership group and repeatedly pointed to the fact that his name was not signed on any papers or any dealings with the club (laughs) not enough (laughs) i am not on any papers he was English. <laughs> I wasn't like giving an accent or okay. anything. Okay, all right. If it sounded like it. Maybe was, a little bit. I'm sorry if it... Uh... <laughs> However, it became apparent what he had done. He had begun to sign documents and refer to himself in emails as L. Voldemort. What? The villain from the Harry Potter series. <laughs> what? <laughs> He, he would, had begun to refer to himself as Lord Voldemort. Like, he would make people call him... I don't know if he made people call him Lord Voldemort. He would, like, sign he would, like, letters? sign emails and emails. anything that he had to sign with the club. L. Would, Voldemort? L. Voldemort. What the heck? Um, and it became clear, talking to people after the fact, after the investment firm got out of Knott's County, that Russell King was really the one that was running the show. The people that they installed on the board, the Willett brothers, weren't really, like anything other than King's little puppets. And he was uh, essentially owning the club with nothing, with absolutely nothing backing it whatsoever. There were discovered, they discovered some questionable payments afterwards of, you know, a couple hundred thousand pounds here and there to mystery companies in Bahrain. Weird. Imagine that happening. Yeah. I, it's weird that Bahrain comes up now because it hasn't really been talked about <laughs> just at that all much um, in connection to uh, L. Voldemort, <laughs> the infamous L. Voldemort. He had even apparently dressed up a friend who was a British national as a Middle Eastern prince and presented him to the Knotts County no. Trust when negotiating for Munto Finance's purchase oh, of the club. That's terrible. 
This guy had balls made of absolute solid brass and like the softest Swiss cheese you can imagine for a brain. What? That is a really weird, weird, uh, is this a metaphor? Yeah, metaphor, analogy. Comparing Mm -hmm. his Mm -hmm. testiculars to to brass and his brain to Swiss cheese. Dude had brass balls. What are you going to say? All right. He had some stones. (laughs) Some almonds. As uh, my father might say. (laughs) Oh, gosh. The club was resold from the Supporters Trust in February of 2010 to Ray True. And finally, after two months without a permanent manager, the club hired Steve Cotterell to take the helm. Now, after all the story that I just told you, knowing that I got to this story by... A question about point swings. Yeah, I'm. I was. I'm really waiting on you to like tie it all together. Do you think Knotts County went up in points from the previous year's total of forty-seven or down? Uh, well, considering the scale of corruption that happened, I feel like it has. They had to have only gone up. Knotts County finished the season with ninety-three. Yeah, points. That's right. Corruption wins, baby. 46 points better than the previous season. Yeah, not surprised. (laughs) Drew's like, I saw this coming a mile away. (laughs) Because cheaters win. That's that's fair. That's true. Somehow the club succeeded in the face of all the craziness that was happening with the ownership group and their coach leaving and a star player leaving, um, which... He, he didn't play well for Knotts County, Sol Campbell. Um, <laughs> it was tough to adjust to the game. Yeah. Um, the English the, game. And even with the debt that the club had accrued as a result of the Russell King fiasco, Erickson actually stayed on for the remainder of the season before leaving the following year to manage the Ivory Coast national team. Lee Hughes led the league in scoring with 30 goals, and Knotts County won League Two. They were the champions that year, and they were promoted to League One. Huh. That is crazy. It's almost like... Unf- Did they get punished at all? For- no. No? The, oh, I'm getting to who will get punished. Okay. But most everybody was... Most everybody was, like, clueless and, and duped into this whole thing. And it wasn't like... It wasn't like... It was a, like, fundamental, like the people at the top had been mismanaging for decades and there was embezzlement and all that stuff. It was literally for a five month period, this company came in and took everything they could and then left. And so it wasn't really Knott's County FC's fault. Yeah. And they fooled everybody. They they even fooled the football league. Yeah. The football league was like, Oh yeah, these people are, are fine. They're good. They, they, they explained to us how the ownership structure works and everything is okay and fine. So weird, man. Really um, weird. Uh, so it's funny, kind of funny because they were promoted to League One, just as Karabakh Investment and Russell King kind of promised. Yeah. What would happen? Um, straight ha- to the top. Yeah, straight to the top, baby. Now, it is hard to tell if the club ever really recovered from being plunged into debt like they were in those years. Um, they spent a couple years in League One, and then the club began a steady descent uh, last year. Actually, they were relegated from League Two, ending a 131-year no. stay in the Football League. That's really sad. They're still a club. They're, it wasn't like they, they dissolved. Yeah, they yeah. Play, they play in the fifth tier. Yeah. 
And you know that that um, Casper Schmeichel is gonna go play for them once he retires. Maybe. Or probably the MLS. Maybe. More maybe. Or maybe. Or maybe. Or maybe, he, maybe he just retires. <laughs> maybe just retires with, with Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> speaking of cities, uh, a hard to pronounce city that we are pronouncing correctly, Leicester. <laughs> Thank you very much. So today, Knotts plays in the fifth tier of English soccer and still seems to be dealing with money issues. Russell King, as of 2018, was arrested for fraud in Jersey, which, as far as I can tell, was his first time back in the United Kingdom since fleeing for Bahrain almost a decade earlier. He came back for some reason was promptly arrested. Way to go, Scotland Yard. As far as I can tell, 46 points might be the biggest point swing in English football, definitely in the modern era, back-to-back, year-to-year, in the same league. I'm not really sure. It's really hard to tell, obviously. So I don't know if all of that answers your question, Julian, the original question and email that we got, but at least we got, we got a, a good story out of it. We got a good story out of it, and that's what we're here for. That's the story. Maybe of, I'll still look into this more. Maybe you still, I mean, be my guest. We It led us to this one, which was not on our radar at all. I don't think it was on anybody's radar. The story because. of Lord Voldemort, North Korea, and Knotts County FC. Yes. <laughs> and Bahamian family. Yeah, the Bahrain royal family Bahrain were implicated. Royal family. Uh... Bahrain. A Swiss, a mysterious Swiss company, a British spymaster, and who lost money because that that bank went under. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's is, a lot. There's, there's a lot going on there. A lot in that one. That is a good story, though. It's one of my favorite stories that yeah. I found, just because That's I couldn't really cool. believe all the stuff that was happening. The more and more I looked into it, it's crazy how much stuff happens that you just don't hear about. Because that that feels like a huge story. Yeah, and and that so, was I mean that was you were like a you were a freshman in high school. Yeah, when that happened. Yeah, two thousand two thousand two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I guess it depends if it was fall two thousand ten spring two thousand. It would be fall two thousand ten. Fall two thousand ten. Yeah. Sophomore baby, I got one year of seniority. Ooh. Yeah. So. Well, look at you go. Look at me go. <laughs> So that's my story. Yeah. And that's and that's courtesy of Julian. Thank you, Julian, for sending us a question yeah, thank and inspiring you again, Julian. an entire episode of Deadball Brothers. Yes. And if you want to do what Julian did and possibly get us to do an episode, uh, no promises, because at first I was kind of like, oh, maybe we could save this in the back pocket for like a listener question episode, but it turned into a whole episode because it was such a good story. Yeah. Uh so if your if your question sucks, like I can't promise you that we're gonna do a whole episode out of it. But if it's a good one, maybe so. Maybe email us deadballpod at, at, at gmail.com. As always, um, you can find us at so, on social media at deadballpod everywhere. At deadballpod everywhere. Twitter probably most active on Twitter. Uh, you can see people make fun of Drew. Uh, yes, and Manchester United also on our Twitter. It's a good time. It is not a good time, but <laughs> I signed up for this, I guess. So we're also here on we Facebook are. and Instagram. 
As always, if you like listening to the pod and you want to continue listening to it, you want other people to listen to it to find it, um, hit us with that five-star rating wherever you're listening to your podcast so we can move up in the charts. Give um, us a review, like get, not, 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 not Charles, and we'll, County Charles. And maybe uh, we'll give you a shout-out or correct a story. Oh, that. yeah, <laughs> and we'll do a full retcon of a story in which we pronounce the name correctly all those times. Yeah. Crazy how that might happen. <laughs> we take the stupidity part really, really seriously, guys. It's, it's part of the charm of the podcast, I think. Part of the charm of the podcast is being educated, uneducated, stupid, stupid <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Filthy American scum. Uh, gosh. As always, thank you so much for listening to us talk about some interesting things, but mostly stupid things. My name is Adam. And I'm Drew. And we will see you guys in one week. <laughs>